your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Tuesday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Hope you all are having a wonderful week. I know around Pittsburgh, you know, with the Penguins being back, you know, this all the big news with the Steelers today. Um, the Browns are going to be without head coach Kevin Stefanski on Sunday for their playoff game. For that news, you know, go check out Locked On Steelers with Chris Carter. Um, that's going to be pretty interesting to see if the Steelers can win that, but for the hockey team, another day back at practice. Um, we're going to touch on that in this first segment, touch on thoughts with the scrimmage. I I would love if the Penguins got to like live stream these scrimmages so that the fans could watch. I don't really know why they're not doing that. They did it for the return to play training camp. I think they had like two or three scrimmages that they live streamed. I would very much love if they um, just did it here because, you know, the season begins in basically a week. Uh, as the Penguins will travel to Philadelphia next Wednesday to play them at 5.30 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. So, you know, hopefully tomorrow maybe they'll think about just, you know, live, stream, live streaming a scrimmage because that would be a lot of fun. And then in the second segment, I guess I'm going to be doing some bold predictions for the Penguins this season. There's a few that I've thought of that are pretty nice. Um, I'm excited to share them with you guys. And then for the last segment, you know, I'm just going to talk about, you know, what needs to go right um, for the Penguins this season in order so that they can finish top three. Or, you know, top four in their division and, you know, what could hamper them. That would ultimately have them missing the playoffs. We'll touch on that in the third segment. But for today, Colton Sevier was back at practice for the Penguins. Um, a lot of people thought, you know, oh, it was an injury. Oh, it was an injury. No, nope. guy had his uh, baby with his wife. You know, congratulations to Colton Sevier and his family. But he was back today at practice. The lines were basically the same. Um, if I try to go find them, I think it was, they just, they just replaced Drew O'Connor on the fourth line. Gensel Crosby, Rodriguez, Zucker, Malkin, Rust, McCann, Jankowski, Lafferty, Tanev, Bluger, Sevier. So, of course, Drew O'Connor was out. And the d- defense was the same. Juma, Latang, Pedersen, Marino, Matheson, CC, Rico, Ruido, and then Jari and DeSmith. So, Penguins then did have a scrimmage today. I think the, um, I don't really, I think, Team Gold to beat Team Black or something like that. I think it was a 3 nothing score, but all I know is that Tristan Jari had a shutout and poor Casey DeSmith had to try to defend a 3-on-0 by himself. You know, I was just looking at some live tweets throughout it. You know, I'm also reading Josh Yowie's piece from The Athletic. It was his first day back at the arena. Um, he also basically said Tristan Jari looked really sharp. No, you know, not, not just because his team won the scrimmage. Even then watching him during practice, he looked in good form given how early we are in a training camp. Um, he stopped Jake Gensel on a breakaway. Um, you know, stopping Jake Gensel on a breakaway is pretty hard to do. I don't really care if it's a training camp. Gensel is one of the best releases in the league. But the fact that Jari had a shutout in that scrimmage, especially against the Crosby and Gensel line, is pretty awesome. And Josh also said his rebound control was good. He didn't have to make many saves, but when called upon, he was good. Um, he also said he liked what he saw from Mike Matheson. His skating was very much on display. I think we all know that Matheson is a good skater and like his offensive ability is there, but it's just like, how is he going to be in his defensive zone? You know, his transition stats, you know, some are good, some are bad. His underlying numbers, some are good, some are bad, but like you just have to make sure that he's on a complete tire fire in his own zone. And I think that's where Todd Reardon is going to come into play here. He has a knack with working like with those kind of defensemen. You know, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and call him like the defenseman whisperer. You know, remember with Sergei Gonchar and all that. Oh my God, he could fix anyone. But Matheson is, Matheson is still young enough. He's like, what, 26? We all know how good he's in the offensive zone. If he can clean up the stuff in the defensive zone, 
I think you're looking at a really solid third pairing defenseman here, even though he makes a little over four million a year. You know, I just I wish it was like maybe two to three million per season for him. Though, you know, in bad form, he, uh, Josh did also talk about Cody Cece. He basically said that his skating is just not a strength of his. I mean, it's just, it's never been like that though. And that's why I just really question the signing. Like, why are you going to sign someone who is a slow skater, doesn't do anything in the offensive zone, is terrible in the defensive zone. He's just a terrible defenseman overall. And apparently Jossie was guilty of a bad giveaway early in the scrimmage, was unable to prevent Teddy Bluger's pass to Colton Sevier on a two-on-two, I think. It wasn't a horrible practice, but I wouldn't say he did anything to distinguish himself in a positive way. I mean, I don't really think he's going to distinguish himself in any positive way for the Penguins this season. If he does, you know, I'll eat crow. But, you know, that was just everyone questioned that signing when it was made. I know one year, one million doesn't seem like a lot. And, I mean, it isn't. Like, let's be real. It's not a lot, but it's just like you could be playing Chad Burrito in the lineup for 700K. I mean, you save, actually, my bad, elementary bath here, you save 300K against the cap. And trust me, for a cap team like the Penguins, that's actually a lot. So, and Ruedel is just better in every single way than Ruedel. Better at moving the puck up the zone. His own entries per 60 are better. His own exits per 60 are better. His possession numbers are better. It, just every part of his game is better than Cody CC. And I know, guys, CeCe's going to get playing time. We, we all know how Mike Sullivan likes to do stuff. Jim Rutherford didn't just sign him so he can be on the bench every night. They're going to get a look at this player. But, you know, if he does end up sucking pretty bad, and chances are he probably will, I would like to think that Sullivan would take him out of the lineup. It's just $1 million sitting in the press box, and you can just put Chad Ruedel in there, who would just does a much better job. So I feel like you're going to see Josh and others from training camp talking a lot about CC slow skating, doing nothing in the offensive zone, and just doing nothing in the defensive zone a lot throughout training camp, and I think a lot throughout this season as well. And I think the last big thing that Josh touched on in his article, you know, the trio of Zucker, Malkin, and Rust, I mean, I think that's one of the top three best second lines in the league. I mean, Jason Zucker, I am really high on him. I'm going to be touching on him coming up in the next segment for the bold predictions but I do really think he's going to have a huge year for the Penguins I mean Evgeny Malkin we all know how great he is and then Brian Russ I'm going to be really curious to see how Brian Russ plays this year you obviously think there's going to be regression I mean he's not going to be shooting at what a 16 17 percent clip like he was last year almost a 30 goal score I think he could definitely score 20 goals for the Penguins this season but is he going to be a close to a 30 goal scorer again shooting at 16 to 17 percent me thinks no. I, I do not think so. I mean, I know he's been getting some top power play minutes in training camp so far. That's good. I think I would give him the reins to start with, but if he struggles, put Jason Zucker on there, and then if he struggles, or you can also just give a look to Kasperi Kapanen, but that's also whenever he arrives. You know, he may not arrive until potentially this Sunday or something, which would mean he would have to miss, I think, the first couple games for the Penguins. But I just cannot wait to see that line in action when this season starts. I mean, they were great in the playoffs. I know Malkin was a bit meh against Montreal, but, you know, basically so was every player. But, you know, Zucker on that line against the Canadians was just on fire. I actually think he was their best player in in that series. You know, I think he had, what, two goals overall in those four games. He was just a buzzsaw every time he went on the ice. I'm just, I'm really excited for him. And I'm glad to see them doing well in the scrimmage. Um, Colton Sevier also scored in the scrimmage. Good to see from that. And then Brian Rust also had a goal. Apparently he uh, ripped it glove side over Casey the Smith bar down. Apparently it was on a 3-on-0 because P.O. Joseph um, had a really bad pass. You know, poor Casey the Smith having to defend a 3-on-0. That's really, you know, the only other time he would have to do that is on a 3-on-3 overtime, which, you know, we've seen countless times throughout the league. But that's basically it for the scrimmages, you know, just looking at the lines and everything, looking at how a lot of these players are doing. I still wish there was more scoring in the bottom six. You know, I don't want to have to rely on the top six every single night to score goals. I think you're going to see a lot of games this year where the Penguins may have to win 
I mean, maybe some 3-2s, but I think a lot of 2-1 games just because the bottom six is not going to be able to, you know, give the top six the lift that it needs or just the break that it needs, I should say. You know, it's just Jared McCann. I mean, you can potentially rely on him for 15, 20 goals, but who else in that bottom six are you going to rely on even 10 to 15 goals for? You know, you have Mark Jankowski. He had that good year a couple seasons ago. Yeah, what was it, 12 goals or something? Maybe he can do that again. Could you want to bet on it? Maybe not. Evan Rodriguez. You gonna bet on him for 15 goals? Probably not. Teddy Bluger was good last year. I mean, 15 goals for him, maybe a bit stretch. I mean, 10 to 12 would be great. Brandon Tanev, we all know how good he is defensively, how elite he is at suppressing shots. And then, you know, what happens with Zach Astonis when he comes back? You know, Colton Seavery, I think he scored 11 goals a couple times throughout his career. I think it was in two seasons in Florida. I'm going to have to double check that, though. But I do believe he scored over 10 goals twice throughout his career. I'll, I'll check that, though, before the end of this episode. But... I just have a lot of questions with this bottom six. And, you know, I just, I don't want Jared McCann to be the lone goal scorer that only puts up 15 goals and then everyone else can basically just not do anything and be a passenger and put up five to six goals. I just, I really don't want that. I want some more balance in the bottom six. And hey, you know what? That's why they should have went out and signed Craig Smith. You know, maybe someone like Jesper Faust, et cetera, et cetera. But hey, you know, I'm not Jim Rutherford. Maybe one of these other kids will make it from camp. You know, I don't really know too much about Drew O'Connor. I'm sure maybe he'll start the season in Wilkesbury once that gets underway. And then the same goes uh, for Nathan Legary and Sam Poulin. But before we do get to our next segment, we're going to touch on the bold predictions. It is time to talk about betonline.ag. There's only one place that has you covered in one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't just sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. And speaking of uh, Bet Online, I did release some of the odds that they uh, put up for basically all the NHL teams for like where they're going to place in the standings. If I can go find that real quick, I think that they had they gave the Penguins the fourth best odds in the East Division. Yeah, Boston at 70, 70 and a half, Philadelphia 66 and a half. Washington 65 and a half. Pittsburgh are tied with the Islanders 64 and a half. Then the Rangers are at 55 and a half. Buffalo at 54 and a half. And then New Jersey at 52 and a half. Uh, me personally, guys, as I tweeted out on my personal Twitter account, I think Philadelphia is a bit high here. I don't think they're two points better than the Penguins. I think I, I honestly think the Penguins finish higher than the Flyers um, this season. And I think I would definitely take the over for the Penguins uh, of over 64 and a half. I think they're going to get close to seven. Well, I, they may get close to 70 points, but I don't think they are going to get 70 points. But I could definitely see them getting really close to 70. Hey, maybe we'll finish the season with 69 points. That would be a pretty nice number but you know let's get into some bold predictions um bold prediction number one here guys Tristan Jari will finish the season at 925 or better for his save percentage and he will be named a Vesna trophy finalist yep I went there I am ready I am all on board the Tristan Jari hype train here guys I know it's hard to evaluate goaltending with such small sample sizes you saw how good he was though in the return to play in game four he was great in January you know, he was an all-star. I know his play deteriorated a little bit, but I really do think he's going to put it all together this season. As Josh said in his article today, he looked really crisp in that scrimmage. He's looked really good in training camp. I'm just, I'm really excited to see how he does. And like I said, I have a lot of high expectations for him. 925 or better, Vesna Trophy finalist, and he will prove to be the answer in net. And he will, 
um, prove to the Penguins that they made the right choice in keeping him over Matt Murray. Because, you know, you could have argued to keep Matt Murray because some of their results were kind of similar. But, you know, of course, Murray went on and got that big contract in Ottawa after, after the Penguins traded him there during the draft. So that's bold prediction number one. Bold prediction number two, Jason Zucker will be a point-per-game player for the Penguins this season. Yep, I am that high on Zucker. He was their best player in the return to play. Like I said, two goals. He was great after coming over from Minnesota in the regular season, him playing on a line with Crosby. They were just lethal together. I know he's going to be playing with Malkin. I mean, stylistically, there's not too much of a big difference, but, you know, analytically with the numbers, he's going to put up just as good of numbers with Malkin as he did with Crosby. And I say that because, you know, you could have made an argument to take Gensel away from Crosby when he came back in the return to play just because the Gensel-Malkin-Russ line when Crosby went down was so freaking good. It actually had just as good of underlying numbers as he did with Sid, but, you know, they opted to put Gensel with Crosby just because, well, for obvious reasons, they work so well together, and then Zucker went down with Malkin, and, you know, it was just a perfect match there, too, so I really do think he will average a point per game for this team this season. He's under contract for a few more years. He's just the perfect fit for this team. He's another great left winger that the Penguins need in their lineup, and I think he's going to be quickly become a, a fan favorite here for this city. You know, I really do believe that, and I wouldn't be surprised if he signs an extension once his contract is up just because of how good of a player he is and just how he gives back to the community and has his own foundation, everything going on with that. So that's bold prediction number two. For bold prediction number three, all right, here's a good one here. Sidney Crosby will have 90 or more points in the 56-game season. He's going to play every single game. He will not get hurt, and he will have 90-plus points in the 56 games. Yes, I'm going there. Sid is here for a re- another rejuvenated season. Well, it wasn't really a rejuvenated season. Well, I guess I guess it is because he was hurt for a bunch of last season. But, you know, he will not get hurt this time. He's going to produce just like he has throughout his career. I'm going 90 plus points in the 56 games and he's going to win not only the Art Ross trophy for the league this year, but he will win the Hart trophy as well. So that's bold prediction number three. Bold prediction number four for this team this season. Well, is this one bold? Well, I guess it kind of would be. I think Jim Rutherford is going to trade for a bona fide top six right winger so that they can move Kasperi Kapanen down to the lineup. I think he's going to say, you know what? Fuck it. The window is almost closing. We're going to go out and we're going to trade for someone who gives a shit about prospects. The team is going to suck in about three to four years anyway. We're going to go out and trade for a bona fide top six right winger that we can plug in right next to Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. And he's going to trade... I don't really know. Nathan Legary or something like that. I don't know. Maybe they'll keep him. They'll probably keep Sam Poon, but he will make a big trade for a top six right winger so that Kapanen can move down to the third line and play with Jared McCann and Mark Jankowski. I think when it's all said and done after the trade deadline, your top three lines, well, your top four lines, this will be your lineup, folks. We got Gensel Crosby with that new right winger, Zucker, Malkin, Rust, McCann, Jankowski, Kapanen, and then Aston Reese, Bluger, Tanev. The defense is the same, but I think also Chad Ruedel will come in for Cody Cece and then Tristan Jari. That team will look so much better with a actual bona fide top six right winger playing next to Sid. And the depth on the team will just look great too. You know, having an actual good offensive player on McCann's line will do wonders for him and Jankowski as Jankowski is looking to regain his 2018-2019 form. I really think that would go a long way if they can put Kapanen down there and actually go out and get a top-line winger. Jim will do that. That is bull prediction number four. And one more bull prediction, number five, to end this segment. Chris Letang will finally be nominated 
for his second ever Norris Trophy voting. Um, I think this is going to be a huge year for Latang. I understand he's 33. He's going to be 34 at the end of the season. But this past season, guys, 44 points, 61 games. I know he missed a little bit of time, but he almost tied his career high in goals. His season before that in 2019 was almost a point-per-game player, 56.65 games. Actually got sixth in the Norris voting, so he was pretty close to being a finalist. We've seen him get close to that level, and I think he will get there this season. He will be a Norris Trophy finalist at the end of the season as one of the best defensemen in hockey. There are not 10 defensemen in this league that are better than him, and when he's truly, truly on his game, there are not five defensemen in this league who are better than Chris Letang. That is how highly I think of Letang on this team and around the league. So that is it for your bold predictions. Let me know what you guys think of those. Do you guys think I'm a little too crazy? Am I a little too soft on some of them? Just let me know at my Twitter, at Hunter Hodes, the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins, and send me your guys' bold predictions so I can talk about them on the show and see you know, if they always have a good chance of happening as well. But before we do get to our next segment, it is time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business, serves auto park customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliable low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourself. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, everyone, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hody. So uh, as I talked about very early on in the show for this segment, we're just going to touch on, you know, what really needs to go right for the Penguins if they are to go not only make the playoffs this season, but go all the way and get Sid and Gino that fourth Stanley Cup. And we'll also talk about, you know, what could hinder them along the way. And it won't just be injuries, guys. We all know the Penguins will have injuries and that obviously will hinder them, but it'll be stuff deeper than that. But, you know, the first big thing, that needs to happen. I already touched on this early on in the podcast. You know, you got to have some production from the bottom six. You can't just be relying on your top six to score every night. You know, I, I just I, my fear is that there's going to be a lot of two to one games. You got to have a player like Mark Jankowski revert back to his 2019 form, scoring 12 to 15 goals. That would be so big for this team. You got to have Jared McCann be more consistent. I know they want to play him on the wing. I think he's better at center. Um, if you stick in at wing, though, you got to just be playing him there. That just that entire season. You know, that that's what I think they got to do for him. If you put him there, stick him there the entire season. You can't just keep flipping him back and forth and back and forth. It's just, there's just no consistency with that. You know, I love to see more offense out of Brandon Tan. A lot of people shat on that contract, including myself when it was signed. I ate a little bit of crow on it last year because he was great defensively, but you know, he's still signed for what? Five, four, five more years, 3.5 million per. Didn't put up a lot of offense this past season, even though he drew a lot of penalties, was good in his own zone. You want to see him score a bit, uh, have some nice playmaking ability. If he can get maybe, what, 20, 25 points, I think that would be good as a fourth liner. You know, the same with Teddy Bluger. He took a nice step this past season. What's gonna, what's next for him? Could he be a, a consistent goal scorer in the bottom six? And, you know, Colton Seaver, you know, I think a lot of people just forget that he was acquired, you know, myself included. I kind of forgot about it a little bit. But, you know, this is a player who has indeed scored 11 goals twice in his career. I finally was able to look it up through his hockey reference page. Scored 11 goals in 2015-16 with Dallas, 23 points, 71 games. 
2018 with Florida had 11 goals, 24 points in 76 games. So this is a player, he had uh, four consistent 24, 25, 26 point seasons with the Dallas Stars and the Florida Panthers. If the Penguins can get that kind of production from Sevier and the bottom six, it'll it'll just make the bottom six just that much better. I'm a little bit skeptical though, because he is 31. He's getting up there a little bit in age. He's been in the league. Um, ever since 2010, 2011. So, you know, we're, we're going to have to see what happens with that. But, you know, I think that's the biggest one for me. You know, the second one, of course, you know, the obvious, the goaltending, you know, I'm, I'm pretty high on Tristan Jari. As I said in my bold predictions, I think he's going to be awesome. But, you know, if he falters, this this team could be in big, big trouble. But he absolutely has to play well for the order of the Penguins to go all the way. And then, you know, this one's also obvious, too. You got to have the Stars produce again and have Crosley and Malkin lose a step. They shouldn't lose too big of a step. I know they're getting in their 30s now. But, you know, these are two world-class players. Cindy Crosby is still the best player in the world, I think. He's going to play like it this year. As I predicted, he's going to have over 90 points in the 56-game season. But, you know, what about Evgeny Malkin? You know, looked a little bit lost in the return-to-play series, but he was also coming off a great regular season where he wasn't attached to Jack Johnson for basically the entire game. That was a lot to blame for on his previous season in 2018-19. That was just because Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz were playing right next to him and he was just never getting the puck. So now that he'll be playing with John Marino virtually every night again, I think he's going to have a pretty good season as well. And then, you know, Chris Letang, Jake Gensel, Jason Zucker, Brian Rust, you know, that's going to be a big one there as well, just with the top six just having to be awesome, and especially the core players. And, you know, like I said in one of my overall predictions too, hopefully Jim Rutherford goes out and acquires an actual top-line winger to play with Crosby so they can bump, bump Kapanen down to give this team some more depth scoring. I mean, I just I think Kapanen is just a little bit out of place up there. I don't really think he's going to make it to Valentine's Day on that top line if he does because I just don't know if Sid's going to really like playing with him. So that, it's going to be interesting to see how that happens there. And then, you know, for how this could derail the season, reasons that the season could derail from the Penguins, you know, I already talked about injuries. That's not really a big thing. But, you know, a big losing streak, that's obvious too. You know, they have to show up every single night. And they should. You know, you're playing a lot of your biggest rivals that, you know, don't like you, you don't like them. There's no reason to have a lot of games where you're just not showing up. You know, like especially, you know, a big example of that that I remember from this past season was the California road trip. You know, that happened with that long six to seven game losing streak, which we have not seen before in the Mike Sullivan era up until that point they just looked very disinterested in games against the Ducks the Sharks the Kings you know they they finally came home played like crap then too they just they didn't really seem to care in those games when I was watching it it was just such a low effort so you can't have games like that on this schedule especially you know when you play Boston eight times Washington Philadelphia both New York teams you know Buffalo coming in etc etc you just you have to show up every single night um uh, another big one, of course, you know, if the top six falters, they're, they're going to be in trouble. I mean, they're, they're not going anywhere without production from the top two lines. You know, if you're going to ask to rely on the freaking bottom six to win you games almost every night, that's yeah, just a recipe for disaster. You know, this isn't the 2016 Penguins third line coming through with Carl Hagelin, Nick Benino, and Phil Kessel. All those guys are gone, or even 2017 as well. You know, you, they, a lot of the players in the bottom six just... You know, who knows if they'll even score 10 goals this season outside of Jared McCann. So that's a big one there, too. That could derail the season. Another one, you know, and this could also fall on Mike Sullivan. You know, how does he do, like, the, the lineup playing the players that he believes that have the best chance to win for this team? You know, are how much are you going to play Cody CC? I mean, are you really going to give him the amount of minutes that you gave Jack Johnson in the return to play and throughout the last two seasons? Probably wouldn't be a good idea. You know, are you going to play... 
Sam Lafferty a lot of minutes. You know, it's just it's going to be interesting to see what decisions he makes. You know, has he learned from the mistakes that he's made from the last two uh, postseasons and regular season? You know, just playing Jack Johnson a lot of minutes, playing Justin Schultz a lot of minutes, even when everyone knew if you, if you just watch the games or if you look at the numbers analytically, they stunk. Like they they flat out stunk. And yeah, Mike Sullivan, for reasons beyond my comprehension, decided to keep playing them. And you know, the same with the Fords. He somehow played Patrick Marlowe, who was a corpse in the return to play when you had better options on the bench, like an Evan Rodriguez. You could have put him in the lineup. You know, I would have even preferred Sam Lafferty um, for most of that series over Patrick Marlowe. So it was just a lot of weird decisions. You know, just his coaching is going to be a big reason for both, honestly, you know, how it could hinder the Penguins and how um, they could go very far and ultimately win a third Stanley Cup under him. And I think that's basically it for this episode. Oh, one more thing for the Penguins with how um, the, the season could really go far for them. I know I'm going back and forth. Um, the play of Mike Matheson, um, if, if, if his play turns around big time in the defensive zone, he becomes great in there. He starts producing even more offensively thanks to Tyler Reardon. Um, this, he will really, really help this team. And he could be the upgrade that the Penguins were really looking for in that Hornquist trade and just, you know, the Jack Johns replacement, even though he makes over $4 million per year. So, you know, if that happens, you know, I'm not really super high on it, but if Mike Matheson is pretty damn good this year, that will go a long way for the Penguins in potentially winning a Stanley Cup. But that will do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Hope you all enjoyed it. I'm actually going to be recording tomorrow's episode a bit later. Uh, Jesse Marshall will be joining me for this episode. We're going to go over everything about the team, basically previewing the season, some bold predictions for him, you know, what he thinks will happen with the team, some line combinations for him, you know, what just what he thinks about the bottom six, Mike Matheson, Cody CC, all of that good stuff. We're going to touch on that in tomorrow's episode. I'll have that up for you guys tomorrow. So hope you all have a great rest of your day and look forward to that uh, Jesse Marshall episode being posted tomorrow. So talk to you all then.